Today is Wednesday, December 16th, and this is the 31st episode of the MMA Mike podcast. So last Saturday, we had UFC 256. That took place December 12th. In the main event, Davis and Figueredo did keep his championship, and the result of the title bout was a draw. You know, and there there was a little bit of controversy in this fight due to a low blow on Brandon Moreno, which probably gave the fight uh, and made it a draw since there was one point taken, uh, deducted, from Figueredo in the third round, most likely making it a 9-9 round, giving it well, making the fight a draw. Uh, it, when I was scoring the fight, I gave Figueredo the first three. Uh, obviously, that point deduction makes it nine nine, and I gave Brandon Moreno the last two, uh, making it a draw. If that if that low blow never happens, I do believe that Figueredo would have won, but Brandon Moreno started to win the end of the fight, um, and you know you can make the argument that. That low blow could have, you know, that point deduction, you know, it almost couldn't make Brandon Moreno win uh, win that round, which would have gave him three rounds. So this was definitely a close fight, and uh, Brandon Moreno definitely showed the flyweight division how to beat Davis and Figueredo. Davis and Figueredo throws everything he's got into the first couple rounds, and you see it. Um, and this was the first time, you know, we've seen both fighters go uh, five rounds. But it also shows, you know, a little bit of the weakness of Figueredo. Uh, you know, if you could steal a round in the first three um, and you win those last two championship rounds, you're going to beat the champ um, because he just throws so much and so much power into everything he's got in the first couple rounds that he definitely slows down a little bit. And uh, Brandon Moreno is a guy who's got good cardio. You know, he's Mexican. He loves the fight. And, um, it showed and it showed a way to beat Figueredo and, and also Brandon Moreno has a good enough ground game to, uh, you know, keep himself out of danger from Figueredo submissions. And, uh, you know, he had four takedowns, Figueredo had two and, um, Brandon, you know, although neither guy was able to control each other for too, too long, it's still, um, it was a very even fight, you know, both both fighters are very skilled. I mean, it showed Brandon Moreno has an absolute chin. He took some very hard shots. Um, and he also threw some nice punches and combos on Figueredo. It was overall a great fight. It was probably the best flyweight fight, title fight in the UFC. Um, great for the division. Great fight. And I think what makes sense is obviously an, an immediate rematch. These both guys went to war, so give them a couple months. But uh, I'd like to see these guys back in there. And if Figueredo doesn't um, come up with a new game plan next time, I almost would like to take Brandon Moreno uh, to win, especially if he's an underdog again, which I, he most likely will be. Um, now, is Brandon, is Davis and Figueredo going to go back to the drawing board and, and fix what he what – he, had you know in the mistakes uh fixes gas tank a little bit or at least try to now there was also a thing where they said davis and figueredo was in the hospital sick the night before the fight so did that take a little bit of a, a toll on him for this fight it very well could have um so you know that definitely plays a factor but i think brandon moreno had a absolutely spectacular performance um, and if there's anyone 
right now in the division, currently fighting to beat Figueredo. It's Brandon Moreno, and um, it should be interesting to see the rematch. And if everything goes well for each fighter, no injuries, and they're going, you know, as close to 100% as each fighter can go, should be interesting. And I, I hope we get another great fight. Uh, because sometimes, you know, when you get a great fight the first time, the rematch doesn't quite live up to the to the hype of the first one. So we'll see. But I'm very excited, and it was a very great fight. In the co-main event, in the lightweight division, Charles Oliveira had an absolutely spectacular performance, defeating Tony Ferguson. You know, he almost had Ferguson in that arm bar in the first round. Now, whether Tony knew how much time he had or was just going to let him break his arm and continue fighting which was probably both likely uh, scenarios uh, in Tony's mind. Overall, just an absolutely fantastic performance by Charles Oliveira, and it really shows uh, how good he is. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, is Tony Ferguson on a decline? You know, I don't really think Tony's on a decline. I just think, uh, okay, maybe he came out a little flat for this fight, and he came out and said that, but I also think Charles Oliveira is just that good. He dominated every round into, on Tony, and um, then you asked the question, all right, who's next for Charles Oliveira? And, you know, the UFC rankings have come out. Oliveira is now moved up to three. Tony Ferguson moves down one, and they move Connor down one. Connor's now at n- number five. A little bit interesting, but it's not really going to matter because he's fighting Dustin Poirier, who's ranked number two. You know, you would think... What makes sense for Charles Oliveira next? The number one ranked guy, Justin Gaethje, right? They both beat Tony Ferguson very convincingly. Might as well square him up. Now, uh, that fight, in my opinion, doesn't quite favor Gaethje too much. I mean, you saw how Gaethje did on the ground against Khabib, and it did not look good. And you just saw what Charles Oliveira did to Tony Ferguson on the ground, and no one does that to Tony Ferguson. Um, so that's a bad fight in my opinion for, for Justin Gaethje. I mean, really Charles Oliveira is a bad fight for everyone in the division, probably besides Habib, just because of Habib's ground game. Um, but it would be interesting to see those two pair up in the future if Habib will fight. So that's obviously a conversation for another time, but just get your, get your mind thinking a little bit. I mean, you may have a guy who could get Habib out of retirement. I mean, Habib's number one thing is, is, uh, about fighting right now i think is what's going to motivate him and he's beat everyone in the division but if charles Oliveira can beat justin gaethje and beat the winner of dustin poirier or conor mcgregor i think habib will come out of retirement to fight him i really do i mean think about it this guy is beating everyone uh he's on an eight fight win streak he's finished seven of his eight last opponents i mean come on you know all of them except tony ferguson obviously showing how tough tony is Tony's such a dog in there. Um, And, you know, I really wanted him to win. I'm a big fan of Tony Ferguson. I like Tony Ferguson a lot. And uh, I thought, you know, coming off that loss, for whatever reason, he he wasn't on that night. Um, I thought he was going to pull it out. But he did show heart. You know, I thought he was going to try and find a way. And, you know, maybe with a five-round fight, he may have been able to. Um, That arm bar definitely took a toll on his arm. Uh after the first round so you know that it was a tough fight it was a tough fight and he did say he came out flat and sometimes that happens after a loss after being so dominant you know you you're, you're not quite the same uh the next fight but the, the, i don't think he's done i really don't uh, i think there's a lot more for tony ferguson and um 
I, I think he could climb his way back up. We'll see, though. I mean, there's bright things for Charles Oliveira. What makes sense is probably Justin Gaethje. Now, in the women's strawweight division, Mackenzie Dern picked up a unanimous decision over Verna Giannadoba. Uh, you know, I, I really thought... Um, I didn't. I didn't think this fight should have been a unanimous decision. I mean, I did have Dern winning. Um, I thought she did enough to win the fight. Uh, it was definitely close. You know, I, I thought she won the first, uh, w- lost the second, and then it was going to come down to the third. I mean, she looked really good. Um, I do think Dern had had the uh, ground advantage, and I think it showed. But um, the thing is, is that. She wanted to strike and brawl, and and uh, Jana Doba definitely maybe was a little bit of a better striker, but Dern wanted to challenge herself, and uh, she dogged it out and got the win. It was very impressive, and uh, I, like I always say, I'm excited to see what's next for Dern. In the middleweight division, Kevin Holland defeated Jacare Souza via KO. Um, Souza went straight to the ground trying to get that fight down, and uh, Kevin Holland handled it very well. You know, it was very high pace to begin with. Uh, Holland used a great job of his legs uh, to defend against Jacare, and um, you know, hit him with a big shot off of his back, and that really hurt him. And I think it didn't register with Kevin Holland right away. And uh, once Kevin kind of realized this guy's hurt, he flooded him and absolutely knocked out Jacare really bad and uh it just shows how dominant and elite Kevin Holland is becoming this is his fifth fight uh of the year and he won all of them you know this guy's impressive and this guy's moving up the middleweight division he's calling out guys he wants Chimaev uh he'll really fight whoever you put in front of him and and I'm excited to see him continue to move forward I mean this guy is he's legit he just is, you know. Um, he's now ranked number five in the middleweight division. Uh, and, uh, you know, you look above him, there's some great, great matchups. Um, but, you know, you got to see how some of the matchups to come play out, especially Chemayev and Leon Edwards. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, because... Now, although Leon Edwards is 170, but Chemayev may fight 180. You know, you got to see. Kevin Holland wants him. Um, we'll see, though. I mean, there's also Uriah Hall, Kelvin Gaslam, Derek Brunson, maybe even a Jack Hermanson. But, you know, there's obviously a lot of guys for Holland to fight in the 185 division. And for the first fight of the main card of that night, in the heavyweight division, you had Sorrell Gain defeat junior dos santos by ko and uh you know it it took place in the second round and it it was off of a jab you know gain landed a beautiful jab the first round really uh they were feeling each other out you know gain was working some nice leg kicks uh body kicks and um dos santos didn't look horrible second round i didn't like how he looked and then got caught with that jab and just kind of folded and it makes you wonder you know uh does he just not have the chin anymore? And I know I talked about this with Jack uh, O'Hara on the last podcast. You know, does Dos Santos just not have the chin anymore? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he has the athletic ability, but just doesn't have the chin. Gain looked good. Gain looked big, and it and he he is relatively bigger for the division, and it looked like it gave Junior Dos Santos a little bit of trouble. And um, 
you know, Gaines obviously beating Junior Dos Santos shows, you know, you have a lot uh, to provide for this division. I mean, he's ranked number seven now. I mean, I don't think you should take a fight below you. Uh, only someone above. So maybe uh, a Volkov fight could be next, maybe even an Overeem. Um, and we'll see, you know, how Derek Lewis and, and, uh, blades turns out. There's also Rosenstrike. So, you know, there's a lot of other, other possibilities for gain. Um, I'm excited to see who they match him up against. And, uh, this is a big dude. He's strong. He's jacked, uh, and he can hit hard. So I like what I see and I'm excited to see him fight next. Cub Swanson picked up a, a KO win over uh, Daniel Pineda. I did have Pineda winning, but uh, Swanson shows that he is a vet in the UFC. Rafael Fiziev defeated Renato Moicano via KO. Beautiful knockout. He got uh, one of the performance of the night uh, bonuses. Gavin Tucker defeated Billy Quarantillo uh, by unanimous decision. Tisha Torres uh, stopped Sam Hughes. Um, you know, Sam Hughes had a little inflation over the eyes and the doctor stepped in and stopped, but Tisha Torres looked absolutely phenomenal. And, um, you know, I'm excited to see her continue in the women's strawweight division. You know, that division is one of the best in the UFC men's and women's division, um, straw weights in, in, in the, in the women's division. They just are so fast and they're furious. Uh, and for the first fight of the night, Chase Hooper defeated Peter Barrett by uh, submission in the third round. And honestly, if he did not get that heel hook submission win, he was going to lose that fight, uh, three rounds to nothing. And, um, this guy really needs to improve his striking because his ground game is phenomenal. But if he doesn't improve his striking, he's just going to continue to get beat up. I mean, yes, he pulled off the win, but, uh, he needs to improve in other areas in order to move up in uh, the UFC because obviously it's shown Barrett was beating him up on the feet and, uh, you know, lost on the ground. But a guy who's got good enough ground game to survive will eat up Chase Hooper on the feet and uh, that's going to be a problem. So this guy's got to improve in other areas. Overall, fantastic pay-per-view without the biggest names, you know. Um, A lot of times pay-per-views will have more big names than this. I'd say, uh, you know, Tony Ferguson, obviously the biggest name, but, you know, you also got the, the main event, which was pretty big. But I'd say, you know, next weekend's uh, card has just as big of names, and it's a fight night. So, overall, great fights were performed and uh, very entertaining. That was UFC 256 recap, and that was episode 31. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll catch you guys soon.